Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily. And I'm Joan of Heart. And I'm suddenly wondering if we should change that intro <laughs> in the new year. Well, change is good. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Well, it is officially 2023. Uh, is This episode is going live on January 3rd, which means if all goes well, I have a gig on Friday at Sunset in Seattle if you oh, yeah. are available there. Are a lot of cool people performing. The incomparable Kathy Moore is playing guitar with the second band. I'm playing bass with the headliner, Jerf. Uh, so come and see me, but don't buy me any drinks. <laughs> <laughs> or approach after you get off stage. <laughs> I mean, after I get off stage, don't try to touch me while I'm trying to work. <laughs> <laughs> off stage is fair. Yeah. On stage, I'm doing Not so much. <laughs> Mama's working. Mama's working. (laughs) Well, guitar.com published a list of the 10 biggest guitar beefs of 2022, and I am ashamed to say I'm not a part of any of them. (laughs) My New Year's resolve, I resolve to do guitar (laughs) beef in 2023. I haven't even heard of some of these, but... um, uh, the first one is Paul Reed Smith versus Tonewood Skeptics. Mm. Um, so I guess someone asked Paul if the wood to make a guitar doesn't matter. He just said, what a load of crap or something. But uh, he was on the Dipped in Tone podcast with Zach Broyles from Mythos Pedals and Rhett Scholl. Oh. And he's like, of course, Tonewood matters. On oh, one hand, no. I think that... <laughs> The science is kind of there. Uh, does it matter on an electric guitar as much as an acoustic guitar? The answer is probably not. No, we we in twenty twenty two we we had this conversation with Hondo. Yeah, like it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter as much as it does with acoustic guitars. But this sparks beefs and debates always. Yeah, and I think that it's. Um, Wrong to say the type of wood made in a guitar doesn't matter at all. It matters Mm. tremendously. It just might not matter um, in regards to tone as much as other elements of the guitar, namely the pickups and perhaps other parts of it. (laughs) No, of course. The wood wood seems to matter less. Also, when it cuts down to it, when you're uh, producing a mix and you're putting effects and everything into it, 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 the signal's going to change by the end of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Things like people, something that I I always kind of find funny is people like to buy um, low, like uncompressed pickups or pickups with low compression, low output, and then Mm. they immediately put it into a compressor. I'm like, (laughs) I get it, but like it's, you can't start talking about your uncompressed tone when you're putting it through like Mm. a compressor. Mm. Uh, cause, or overdrive because all those things compress your tone but I guess to have like a more blank slate to work with that's reasonable I, 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 that's what I was about to say I kind of yeah. see that but at the same time like if someone was to get like let's say compressed then go through a compressor and then like yeah then you're already starting with something that's a little squished so I guess I can see that but at the same time it's 
It's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. People, tomatoes. I'm not, it's fine. It's it's just like, it's a thing people do. That's funny. People do a lot of funny things, you know. Yes. Uh, people buy unsalted butter and then put salt on their unsalted butter, which is yeah. fine. Or, That's, yeah. No, or, or, or people buy, you know, pedals that make things lo-fi or sound a certain way, which generally some people think sounds bad, but these people love that kind of sound of tape warbles <laughs> and like reels that are getting destroyed as, on, you know, as an effect. Like mm-hmm. some people love that. It's certainly nostalgic. And I forget mm-hmm. it is who said this, but basically as soon as we get past like a sound, like a sound kind of instance or mm. being like a necessity of the recording process like once we can get to the point where we don't have to have that anymore people miss it yeah. like it's just people think it adds warmth it's fine it's cool and i agree i mean i have the gen loss uh mm. two and i also have the gen loss arcades card so i have lots of gen loss situations but um <laughs> i think it sounds i like that sound I do too. You know? And I recently had the update that they had, the patch, um, to make it so that the latency wasn't as much as an issue. And the difference of that is it's more chorusy before the update. Mm-hmm. Once you have the update, yeah, the signal's a lot tighter, but it changes it somewhat to have more of a flange sound. And to be honest, I actually like it more with that flanging kind of tone. Cool. Nice. That's I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I did, but I'm just saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard you talk about it before, but I wanted to sound... Well, at Um, least officially we've talked about it now. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, wood matters in terms of guitar as for like how it ages a little bit. It matters in terms of how much it's going to weigh. If the guitar is not being painted, like it matters in the aesthetics a lot. So it matters. It also matters like how we source wood as far as the environmental uh, implications of it. Something that, you know, not a ton of people talk about... I know that Ernie Ball, Music Man, thinks about it a lot um, as, as far as sustainability. I know Layla from Tuna Tone does, and I'm sure a lot of people do. They just don't talk about it all the time. Yeah. So that's, that was actually a really cool thing I learned at the um, Music Man, Ernie Ball Factory Tour. Nice. Yeah. Um, so the ninth was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame versus actual rock music. That was... Um, <laughs> You know, people were confused to see Dolly Parton nominated, as was Dolly. Yeah. Uh, And Eminem. And, like, hip-hop has been uh, put into the Rock Hall before. And I think, you know, it's it's becoming less the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, like, the Popular Music Hall of Fame. If you want to be, like, a Rock and Roll traditionalist, yeah, you're probably going to get pissed at Rage Against the Machine, MC5, and the New York Dolls were snubbed. The Go-Go's were snubbed for a very long time, too, but that's – they finally got in. Yeah. But um, if like Kate Bush was also snubbed. I don't know if you consider her rock. There's a lot of stuff in there that's not really super-duper considered rock, like no. Rock Hall and Duck – I mean, if there's some people that are being like inducted as far as if we were to talk about maybe Linkin Park, I mean, there's elements of both like, yeah, Yeah. it's rock and it's kind of like hip hop at times, but it still is Mm -hmm. essentially rock. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ABBA was inducted in 2010. I don't think you could really call ABBA anything other Mm, than pop music. It's definitely pop pop and disco. Yeah. you have people who aren't actually musicians in, in here, too, like Lou Adler, who absolutely deserves to be in there because that's the guy who founded the Roxy. And uh, yeah, Is there? I 
Yeah, obviously I know Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and stuff like that, but is there one just designated for like pop? Or are we all just including them in because they don't have a space? No. I think, you know, pop and rock have become so intertwined because yeah. rock was pop for a very long time. Most of the popular music was rock was, for, yeah. for a while, or at least half of it. Um, but yeah, Louis Armstrong, I don't think you could call rock, but I don't think people are beefing about someone who inspired no, potentially yeah. rock artists being in mm-hmm. there and Chet Atkins, that's country music too. He was inducted in 20, uh, 2002. Mm. Um, let me see. Like, uh, God, there are a lot of people in here. Laverne Baker in 91. I don't know if she ever did rock stuff, but she was definitely influential. So you can say that, um, you know, Dolly's not rock or Eminem's not rock, but you, you can't say that if if you if we've already gone back like as early as 91 yeah. people being in who were inspired who inspired rock and roll you you can't really start drawing that line now it's yeah. not to say that Eminem doesn't have rock elements in his hip hop sometimes because i think he absolutely does, does. Yeah. i think that Dolly Parton inspired a lot of women who are making rock music especially women a lot of people but especially women um I just don't. Yeah. 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 At this point. And again, like the music that inspires you to create rock or music Mm -hmm. or whatever you do doesn't necessarily, you know, equate to I'm going to make Dolly Parton music. It's the fact that it lights a fire or inspires you or makes you feel something to want to create. Yeah. It's a spark no matter where it starts. And I think it's good to recognize that. Yeah. The Bee Gees in 97, that's pretty strictly disco. Like, (laughs) yes, we we can't, we can't be clutching our, we can't be clutching our pearls now about who's being inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when that's what has been happening for decades. And so I think it's kind of been in that space for a long time. And it's just, it's, it's the popular music hall of fame. Yeah, basically. Maybe you should just rename it. (laughs) I am. Uh, they won't. They won't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Number eight is Joe Bonamassa versus social media. Oh, um, yes. I can. I am so glad to no longer get his emails. You mean Joe Bonanza? Oh, no, however you Joe want to say bon- it. <laughs> Joe Bonamassa's emails are like the ugliest oh, things I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Sorry, Joe. Oh. Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's fine. I feel the same way. Like anytime I looked at one, I felt like I was being like visually assaulted (laughs) Like as a graphics person. And just in general, you don't even have to be a graphics person. Just looking at those emails and the frequency of the frequency, the length of them. They're always like they're always they're, they're always data capped. So you go to the bottom and it's like, do you want to read this whole email? View it online. <laughs> God damn, dude. Get your shit together. Oh, just put a thing in the log too long didn't read. Like, go here. <laughs> so I don't I literally don't know why he left Instagram. I guess it was a brief maybe departure. It was, maybe it was I, everyone upset about those emails. <laughs> I mean, the guitar.com says it's a discussion worth having. Social media can have, like, basically should musicians have to be on social media? I think the obvious answer is no, you shouldn't be on social media if you don't want to, but you can't expect that you're going to to be able to develop the same relationship with fans around Mm. the world as you would be if you were on social media and used it regularly. It's, It's good when you have your own social marketing team. It's just hard when you 
are a creative or a musician and you only have like you and your bandmates to like push things. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of bands don't really do it a lot. One of my favorite no. bands all is called always and they, they barely do social media. And when they do, do it, you're like, what, what they, what they say. <laughs> but, um, I mean, they're a great band and they tour, they tour a lot. Like Joe tours a lot. And that's probably how they develop those relationships with their fans. And I'm sure there are other ways that I'm just not aware of, but then you look at someone else I admire and listen to a lot this year, uh, Marin Morris, who's very active on social, does funny TikToks and shit. Mm -hmm. And you can really like, I, I, I like them both the same. Obviously Marin's a lot more famous mm -hmm. and is probably getting offload a lot of the other stuff that you have to do day by day. But I think maybe a better mm -hmm. example is like Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires who are both very active on social as well. And it's kind of part of their, part of their thing. But if you don't want to, you don't have to, but no. it's just kind of the world we live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even I find that I kind of have to have my hands in the social pond and in many places I can't be in as many as like I was before just because, you know, time in life. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think in some aspect when you're small, it's very vital. As you get larger, you know, you don't need to as much like a little effort goes a long way or you have a social team. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> I think it, it often comes down to help. I mean, the the, reason, yeah. the the reason bands and musicians develop teams versus doing everything mm -hmm. themselves is like, so let's say you want to be a songwriter and yeah. your goal there is probably to get signed to a publishing house and get an advance. And the advance is supposed to pay for your expenses. The, the, the advance is supposed to be your rent, your utilities, your groceries, some fun okay, money. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be your salary so that all you have to think about and Focus all you have to worry on. about is writing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's it. the same. That's all bands like that get big. They have people doing little things for them so they can focus on their craft because that's what is making the money. Yeah. Like my day job is to write copy and that's what I'm paid to do. I'm not paid to like do the hiring. I'm not paid to do the graphic design. Also, I'm not mm -hmm. paid to do other uh, social media. My job is very specifically to uh, strategize copy for pro instrument brands, write it pro uh, pro audio brands and consumer audio brands, write it and like manage writers. Like that's my job. If I had to do that on top of other things, like a lot of other mm -hmm. things, I just wouldn't do a very good job at it. And that's another reason that you see people like Ryan Burke, who can, uh, in Demos in the Dark, who can do videos, multiple videos a day, uh, a week, if not every day, is because that's their full, that's their job. Yeah. So that's what they're paid to do. So that's what they get to focus on. I can do a couple videos a week on a good week if I'm really busting my ass. But other things are going to falter. Like maybe I'm not going to be able to cook dinner. Maybe yeah. I'm not going to be able to exercise as much. Maybe I'm falling behind on TV shows because no, I, I totally like, there are these other things. Yeah, yeah. that's just that's no. just being an adult. No, really. of course. And unless, again, you have help or a team or it's your job to do these things, even again, if we talk about my case, which it takes months to do what I do because I'm doing everything myself. And then on top of that, I got to be my own marketing and interacting kind of person as well. Um, it's, yeah, I have health issues. I have good days and bad days, like those times where I can't get to do work. Um, yeah, it just yeah. happens life or construction. Like that's, 
that's been what yeah. it is like adulting. <laughs> yeah. And as you're a musician who makes other people money, you get to be in that place where you can focus on it more and have other people take the load off of other things like people of personal assistance, but eh. <laughs> some people just like doing social media and just are going to do it even if they don't have to. So it's just, yeah. it's up to the person. I, I say, try to have fun with it. If you can, don't yeah. take it too, don't take social too seriously. Be, I, I, I don't believe in the whole, like trying to game the social media thing, like trying to really understand the algorithm a lot because as yeah. soon, as soon as people like, figure out and tell other people like, Oh, this is how you do better. They take that. They take that advantage away. <laughs> yeah. It's, that, that's... So I'm like, just stop, don't try, just do what makes you happy. Do what you can. And, um, Hope for the best. just don't, don't worry about the numbers so much. Worry about the quality. And I don't know, yeah. as someone who I... worries about numbers a lot, that's stupid for me to say, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. I am not the greatest marketing person so um i'm more of course the graphic you know i'm more the artist kind of person yeah. so for me like trying to figure out the algorithms of every fucking social platform every and then as soon as like hey i think i understand a few of the things that i need to do what we changed everything you know sucks to be you good luck you know the so thing is I am a marketing person. Yeah. I've done social media marketing and I'm just here to tell you, you can't, you can't really game it. The, what, what no. people, people care a lot about personality for sure. And that's kind of, I, I think the most important thing is to just have a, a voice that people like and resonate yeah. with, like not trying to be too funny because that can fall flat. I also don't think that not every, I think that not every brand needs a social media presence. No. Uh, like there are little things like, like, trying to get people to answer questions that's a pretty good social media tactic i do mostly content marketing so like i have blog posts that rank number one on google and shit but i, I it's, it's hard to it's hard to eat your own dog food you know <laughs> yeah um, i always i always love that expression <laughs> yeah it's eat true. your own beats whatever whatever people say mm -hmm. The next one is Neil Young versus Joe Rogan. And I had forgotten that was in 2022. Oh, God. But um, basically, that was when Neil Young left Spotify because when Spotify in, in 2020, Spotify required the exclusive rights to the Joe Rogan experience. And I guess this year, that, like just like the amount of COVID-19 disinformation yeah. um, pushed a former polio survivor over the edge you know <laughs> uh, you can understand someone like uh neil young who wouldn't have had to go through this terrible thing if there had been a vaccine and there might have been uh, he might just not have gotten it for polio like yeah i can understand him being really grossed out by people telling other people not to get vaccines mm. yeah that's that's definitely a yeah. hot topic <laughs> But he took his um, music off of Spotify uh, because I think of that. A number of people did. Yeah, but you know, it's. I don't think Spotify did very well this year in general. No. I, I, think uh, I don't they know got a lot if, of backlash. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Um, I I actually kind of doubt mm -hmm. it did. I no, think what's hurting Spotify. Things. Mm -hmm. I think what's I think what's hurting Spotify more is competition. Um, like if you want higher fidelity, you're going to use title. If you want just like something that's integrated already with your iPhone, you're going to use Apple music. So the kind of novelty 
of Spotify. It's still, I think, the biggest platform in like domestically. I'm yeah. pretty positive it's not the fastest growing. And I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of goes the way of Netflix and just kind of falters because of one reason or another, different, better exclusives somewhere else. Uh, if enough musicians take their music off of Spotify, yeah, that's absolutely going to hurt Spotify. But mm -hmm. Neil Young's not the one. Neil Young's no. not the one who's going to, like, it's going to be Taylor Swift, no. Adele, and Beyonce. Yeah. And Beyonce it. can't can't take her music off of Spotify without looking like she's favoring her, the platform oh, yes, that, title. Yeah. that Jay-Z started <laughs> owns. Yeah, title. Which is what I use. Uh, this, by the way, this podcast is available on Spotify. <laughs> the video version is we published. <laughs> we published through Anchor, and that's owned by Spotify. It's just it's, free. it's easy. Um, yeah. So the number six is the Grammys versus knowing what metal is, and this has been a problem with the Grammys. Ooh, do you know? Yeah. Do you know who won the Grammy? The first Grammy for like metal performance album whatever it was you don't know who won the best like metal album what? or whatever the first year the metal category was at the grammys it's very funny uh, never in your life would you guess i probably wouldn't so wouldn't you just tell me <laughs> jethro tall oh my god <laughs> so really? the grammys like really oh yeah like, no really? absolutely like yeah. really really yeah oh yeah <laughs> Jethro, I'm going to Google it. Uh, Jeff, see what year that was. Metal I mean, Grammy. I, again, like I know Ghost is in the category of metal, but honestly, I would not put them in a metal category, honestly. That's like the same equivalent to me. It was. <laughs> They're not metal. 1990. Okay. I mean, still, I mean. Best oh, metal no. performance. <laughs> mm, mm, well, I mean. Oh, metal is diff it. metal is different, I guess, when you think about like eighties to nineties, like to now, but still I just wouldn't put him in metal at that no, point. Jethro I mean, there and I 80s eighties is completely different metal than well, if Metallica you look at today. Was, Metallica was nominated and lost. Famously, they put the sticker Grammy losers on the records. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean funny. that's yeah, like if, again, like if you think about it, like '80s metal is like what is rock today. Like it's interesting. Well, in some ways, '80s metal was varied a lot. There was yeah. plenty of heavy stuff. Metallica was probably about as heavy as it got popularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but there was obviously hair metal, which is yep. kind of more different pop categories. Rock. Yeah, but um, no, I Jethro Tull wasn't it. But this year, no. people got mad that they nominated like. Muse for best metal performance. Uh, let's oh, see. that confuses me. <laughs> Muse? Metal? They're really? more like Radiohead than anything. People are uh, mad that Turnstile was maybe, nominated too. Maybe they're trying to put them in a category where they had less competition. Uh, that's all, not really I, it. It still doesn't make that's sense to me. Yeah. Well, so that's just not how the nominations work. People actually no. do nominate. People, Grammy members do nominate some like it, it, the nomination board is different and they're kind of out of touch in a lot of things. And then the yeah, Grammy already, I can agree with that. <laughs> and then the voting members, members actually vote on stuff. Um, yeah. But like, it's obviously not everything's going to get nominated, but people were mad about turnstile, which I guess is more like hardcore. It seems like the best metal album. Now those categories are more like hard rock. Yeah. But yeah, it was, 
that's not metal, but no, this, this happens a lot. I think Brandy Carlisle was pissed for getting nominated in like a pop category or country. Somebody got mad about being nominated yeah. for pop and not country. Um, yeah. So that was the Grammys. Like they're nominees. They're, they're often weird. Um, yeah. I remember, I think it was like the 2021 Grammys. Andrew was pissed about like the rock nominees. And I, I was like, they're, yeah. they're just rock is a very vague term, but it also is. that, that big thief song was absolutely rock. Um, next number five is Thomas blue blug blug versus black star. And, uh, I guess blue guitars, Thomas blue explicitly called black stars designers thieves and a YouTube live stream. He Man. was adamant that this I'm quoting guitar.com by the way. Blue was adamant yeah. that in its designing designing its Ampeg one, Blackstar had lifted the power supply design from Blue Guitar's Amp One in its entirety. He specifically pointed to a, a transformer seen in seen in both products, claiming that the custom windings used in the Amp One were replicated exactly by Blackstar, but we only have Thomas's word for this. Oh, you really have to be careful when you're on live streams and just speaking your mind because, yeah. Yeah, it's Oof. it's alleged he's he's apparently not interested in litigation. Blackstar never responded, so. Yeah, he just, uh, it, it sounds like he didn't want it to get far. It just sounds like, you know, someone's uh, like, I, I see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, which just happens. I mean, yeah. You can look at like the JHS Debbie Everything, uh, which I think we just talked about last week. Mm. Um, and that's another example of where litigation never happened because you can't yeah. really litigate that. And I don't know if he even could have litigated this. But, you know, that's that's the thing in circuit buildings. Like, the, I don't think that the circuits are copyrightable or, I'm sorry, no. trade marked. Trademarkable. Yeah. They're not marked. Let's just call it marked. Yeah, I think um, that's that was a few builders an issue where a few of them had right. a discourse and yeah, it was just like they weren't trademarked, so it was kind of the issue of they didn't really have um, a leg to stand on at certain points. That's not that doesn't sound true. No. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound right. Um copyright exists for like creative works upon like making the thing so you don't mm. have to register a copyright you don't really have to register a trademark you should but as long as you can prove that you were like for example selling shirts with your logo on it before before someone, sure, else, yeah, someone else did yeah then, then you don't have as many protections but um you can't just get hose if someone then applies for a trademark that you're actively using that's when you need to jump on it um mm. But that's and that happens sometimes. Like uh, when Lady Antebellum changed their name to Lady oh, A, yes. there's a Seattle singer who's been going by Lady A for a long time. Unfortunately, she didn't realize that Lady Antebellum had actually trademarked Lady A like seven years earlier for like Ooh. use on merch. So she kind of missed her window to um, challenge that trademark yeah. and that being said regional trademarks are a thing as well i think she and the band came to some sort of agreement but that was a that was a big thing um for a while so but that just goes to show that like you can contest these things that's what gibson did to satellite guitars mm -hmm. like they let that trademark lapse gibson for the coronet and the satellite took it over because it had lapsed and even talked to him about it a little bit and then gibson decided they wanted 
that trademark back because they were going to start selling coronets publicly. Gibson ultimately was able to say that, well, we actually were still making coronets in the custom shop, so we never really stopped making them. And that ultimately, if that was true, would have made mm-hmm. their case pretty airtight from what I've heard lawyers say about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now might be a good time to break and say, hey, we have a Patreon. You can support us at patreon.com slash get offset. Greetings to NJ, our newest yes. uh, Patreon Hello, supporter. Nate. Yes. Yes. Uh, you can support us for as little as five dollars well, as little as one dollar a month, but the five dollar level you get access to our exclusive Discord server. Yeah, no. Um Great people. Um, mm-hmm. You pretty much talk to us, you know, more frequently, directly. Um, and yeah, we pretty much talk about life, talk about gear, food, drinks, everything mm-hmm. you can think of. <laughs> selling, sell gear. Sell yeah, selling gear, gear too. <laughs> sell gear, buy gear. <laughs> sell, buy, uh, get access to exclusive content, mm-hmm. like falling on my ass. <laughs> you poor thing, yes. <laughs> it's, it's getting a lot better. It's okay. obviously not broken. Yay. My mom got so mad when I told her I didn't see a doctor about it. I'm like, well, one, it's not that bad, too. Like, I I fell on the day of an ice storm. I couldn't go anywhere. The next day you was Christmas anyway. Eve. And after that yeah. was Christmas Day. Timing, and yeah. And then, like, then Christmas Day observed. And then Rick was back to work, and I couldn't exactly drive myself to get <laughs> imaging done. But whatever. Whatever. Uh, we What else do we have? We have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. Uh, including a $50 shirt with my face looking real dumb on it. I've <laughs> priced it I priced it thusly because I didn't really want anyone to buy it. And now I'm like... But it's there for prosperity. It's there. Uh, hat tip to Hondo Felder for the idea. Go yes. follow Hondo. That was amazing. Um, I'm glad he's back in doing face demos yeah. and wet yeah, pedals and everything. I really do. Me too. Hondo's great. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also... Like, comment, subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. That's really helpful. I should see if we have any hmm. mm-hmm. reviews. I doubt it. Uh, get mm-hmm. offset on Apple Podcasts. <clears throat> 69 ratings. Nice. Yep. We had a couple in November, but that was it. Hmm. Leave a review. It actually is really helpful, guys, if you do that. Um it is a great way for other people. It, it boosts us in the search rankings, which... Yeah, it's helpful. It helps other people find the channel. Mm-hmm. That kind of want to listen to these kind of conversations. Yeah, you do. Um, let's see. Yep, four. Okay. So let's get back into this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one's a doozy. It's Eric Clapton versus his legacy. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Guitar.com. <laughs> They're not wrong. Oh, no. Not at all. You know, Eric, he's obviously very polarizing. There are people who love him mm-hmm. and think he's a genius. There are people I know personally who have – if you listen to our episode with Steve Selvage and Tad from The Hold Steady before we did video podcasts, um, Steve tells a story about Eric Clapton being – real cool uh but he's just not been real cool lately you know and uh it's kind of funny when you see these little seeds pop up of somebody just being a shithead Mm. and then it then it kind of comes back around because i think i don't think it started with phoebe bridgers 
but I, I think she planted a little seed in some people's head that he kind of sucks, uh, just with her tweets and she's a song lyric. Um, and then there's always been like, I think really tasteless jokes about his son dying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. yeah. So like beyond all that, yeah, he has had like racist tirades on stage. Um, yeah. The social media and the internet really do expose the good and bad in people. And, you know, before we think about the internet, you know, it's pretty much word of mouth or whatever your reputation was or people, what they saw of you, of course, in controlled media or in he said, she said kind of things. But now it's like you can see people. You know, um, at any point with their phones or if they talk on a live stream or anything. And yeah, that sometimes that can really tarnish a reputation or really show the real side of someone's personality that otherwise usually is controlled. You know, well, the, the, the racist rant was from 1976. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. So he. While this is again quoting guitar.com, while Clapton later admitted regret over the incident, he also chalked up his views at the time to him being far from sober for most of the 70s. Yeah, dude, wow. I don't know about you. I don't say racist shit when I'm drunk. No, I don't. I don't I've, either. I have literally not. Under no. any influence. Yeah, so I don't. I don't go into those kind of tirades either. I'm not I guess even I'm, gonna, different. I'm not. Well, I'm not going to claim that I'm even like particularly nice when i've been drinking <laughs> so i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna pretend that like i'm a i'm a very good happy drunk go lucky <laughs> oh i just like i've never used the n-word <laughs> it's like said anything like white nationalisty because you don't it doesn't it's that's gonna mm-hmm. kind of be unless you're trying to like piss somebody off by saying like the most abhorrent thing you can think of saying which is just a bad idea yeah. uh no, being drunk doesn't suddenly make you racist. No, I mean, I don't think any form of, you know, drug or, you know, mm. vice or whatever is any excuse to say, oh, yeah, I did that thing because of X. I was like, no, I, no, it's not the get out of jail free card you were looking for. <laughs> no, no. I don't, pretty, I don't particularly think mental illness is either in most cases. Uh, in some, yeah. maybe. I don't know, though. Mm. Uh, I think you probably can't really control what you say very well if you got Tourette's. But hopefully you're not saying anything racist. <laughs> I don't know, though. That's the thing. Like, yeah, uh, people will be like, oh, I was having an anxiety attack. Like you see videos of, of people who are clearly like not doing well, like at the mall or whatever. And they're saying really racist shit. And they're like, I was having a panic attack or whatever. I'm like, that's. I have those two again. Yeah. Never, never said I- anything. Yeah, I have it. I I get anxiety and stuff like that in situations. And yeah, um, yeah, I don't say anything like that. I'm more self-hating when I'm having a panic attack than like projecting onto other people. But that's just me. Uh, Yeah. So that's 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 more what I'm talking about than like actual serious mental illness. I'm like, of course, your panic attacks are not an excuse for you to punch waffle house employees or whatever no Uh, like that's not no no no. i agree or throw chairs at them (laughs) or call the cops on a black guy delivering mail um yeah a little hard this is again quoting guitar.com a little harder to brush under the rug of time and cocaine however are his recent dalliances with the anti-vaccine conspiracy theories um so 
he Clapton claimed that the vaccine triggered some like arthritis in his hands or something. I forget exactly what it was, hmm. but he blamed that he blamed the vaccine on some physical problems that for the record, he'd been complaining about for years before, before he got the vaccine. Hmm. So the time just doesn't really match up. And maybe he is one of the very few people who had bad side effects with the vaccine. Every medication has side effects, yeah. you know, uh, that's just, that's yeah, just the I'm, truth. Of course. Yeah. I know some people that had some negative side effects muscular wise from that. But I mean, again, if they pre had pre-existing things, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's likely to exacerbate sometimes. But again, with any kind of thing that you put in your body, like there can be inherent side effects. You don't know how your body's going to react. Yeah. Yeah. And to be clear, I do think that the vaccine had some weird side effects. I know more than five women. I have more than five women. I know more than five women who say it affected their periods. Hmm. Like, Okay, now we're, oh, oh, the men are gone now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the men have tuned out now. We're talking about these things. <laughs> that has just made their cycles very weird in one way or another. Hmm. Um, let's see. What did he say? My hands and feet were either frozen, numb, or burning. Hmm. You, you've you complained about our like that kind of stuff for, for a long time. So that's that just makes it kind of like... Are you sure? Like, I don't know. It's like he also has claimed that, quote, mass formation psychosis was to blame for the UK's high rate of vaccination, which is the same theory that made Neil Young uh, pull his music off of Spotify. Mm. He's yeah. yeah. And then he had that's that really, truly bad song. This has got to stop or something like that. Oof. Yeah, sometimes <sighs> I think when celebrities are musicians, sometimes the whole negative press is still press. Or yeah. to try to be relevant or things like that. Again, again, I am it's just... Morrison's whole thing. Yeah, so I'm just speculating or making <laughs> assumptions here. Um, but yeah, maybe it's more or less of, well, negative attention gets press these days and I still want to be in everyone's you know, thoughts or people talking about me and that may kick up my music or may not. Um, but that may be another way in which he is staying in the public eye, like the way that Gene yeah. Simmons would just say things periodically that people would get you know, raged about, and then oh, yeah. you know he'd disappear for a bit. Then he'd say I something actually, again. I actually think Gene Simmons is a dickhead, but oh, he is, he is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. It's the negative attention. I think he, I, I think he means everything, every nasty oh, thing yeah. he says. But. <laughs> yeah, but it seems to be his way of also look at me. <laughs> but when it gets to political, that's when you get into like, are you grifting? Are could because like you know that if you go on say you're anti-vax, there's this huge contingency of people who are going to support that because it's yeah. part of they what they're feeling and thinking politically right now, and yeah. they love seeing someone that they thought was like a liberal turned conservative. Not that I obviously Eric Clapton's never been liberal. Uh, He's been pro he's he spouted pro white nationalist stuff in the 70s and he also hasn't innovated his sound since then either. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's very much kind of like a political I mean politicians do that. So I mean again, maybe he's like, "Hey, 
politicians do it. Maybe I can wrangle in some, you know, new listeners or people to obviously my way of thinking or music through, you know, gearing myself into saying more of this stuff that I said before. Let's ramp that up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Uh, number three is some 41 versus Radiohead, which is something that I'm not, I'm not familiar with this one. Mm. Um, chatting with NME, Derek Whitley of some 41 stated his confusion at Radiohead's attitude to picking a set list saying, quote, I'll never understand a band like Radiohead who I love, but will perform nine songs. Nobody cares about and then a track like karma police which makes the whole crowd lose their minds why wouldn't you want to do that with every song and as someone who has seen radiohead yeah i agree with him i fucking agree with him i <laughs> that was one of the i good i i'm sorry jason jason no, made no. <laughs> one of my least favorite bonnaroo shows i've ever seen was radiohead they had this whole crowd of people who some are probably fans. This was after In Rainbows or something. And then they didn't play a single old song that I heard, and I just left. I'm like, okay, this is the worst. This is absolutely the worst. I hate it so yeah, much. This this right now is my reenactment of Jason Mays. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I've stopped listening to this podcast now, Emily. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. But, uh... I, you know, okay, here's the next quote. Imagine you're in Radiohead and every night pick up a guitar and play Creep, your overplayed hit with a single chord progression that you have publicly admitted to hating, as have most of your dedicated fans. <laughs> uh, okay, but like there's other songs that yeah. people know other than Creep. I, you know, you're a performer, you're an entertainer entertain people i just i don't like radiohead no no band gets me to change the station faster Mm. than radiohead and i I also think their best one is creep yeah i mean i you know i'm okay with radiohead i guess the times that i've listened i'm not really uh, a listener of radiohead historically but um yeah creep is my most hated song ever in life i did not i don't ever? i don't like yeah i don't like creep at all take, i hate take hamster I, dance over I, creep. I, I, I hate creep a lot. I, gotta, I would have to think about like what my least favorite song period is there are probably a lot that i really can't stand like, redneck woman is up there with my least favorite songs of all time mm. i do not like that song at all um no, I know. And people people love that song. It's fine. I don't literally go, creep is playing. And then I start, you know, going on the tirade in front of people how much I hate it. I keep it to myself. I just am having an unpleasant experience on the inside while I'm hearing it. I just changed the station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're a public place, I can't control that. <laughs> I can leave. Um, next up is Joan Jett versus Ted Nugent. Team Joan. Oh, I don't even, I don't even <laughs> yeah. need to know. I don't even know. I don't even yeah. know what it's about. Um, yeah. Why did, again, just so you all know, quoting guitar.com a lot. Yeah. Why did Ted Nugent randomly decide to blast a decade old Best guitarist list from Rolling Stone. Fantastic question. Why did he single out Joan <laughs> Jett's inclusion saying you had to be, quote, shit for brains and be a, quote, soulless prick to put her on there? Why did he also make a barely comprehensible yet somehow still offensive comment about her sexuality? 
Uh, <laughs> as with most inflammatory things, the news says the answer is somewhere between the stir up controversy and fuck knows. That's that's oh, really yeah. it. Look at me. Look at me. I'm saying some fucked up shit. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> Jones' response though. Um it's what I've dealt with my whole life being written off, she said to enemy. Ted Nugent has to live with being Ted Nugent. He has to be in that body, so that's punishment enough. Oh. He's not a he's not a tough guy. He plays a tough guy, but he's the guy yeah. who shit his pants literally so he didn't have to join the army. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you don't fuck with a mean old lesbian from a punk band. What's no. wrong with you? No, All the I, guys I in have- the world you can pick. I, I I have seen I have seen her live and I have seen her attitude and behavior even like when on stage with her bandmates. I wouldn't fuck with her either. <laughs> she has been in two enormously I would actually I'd say three. Part of three enormously influential projects. The runaways, her own stuff, and then she was in the get the gits. I think it was the I think she was in the gits. Am I making that hmm. up? The gits, Joan. Jet. Why did I say Joan Git? Um, I am, yeah, Mia Zarada, Mia Zapata, Jesus fuck. Uh, yeah, so, oh, I didn't realize they were formed in Ohio, but hmm. the Gits uh, famously, Mia Zapata was murdered before they Oof. could hit it big, but they were kind of pegged as the next big band from Seattle. And Joan Jett would um, perform with with the band, as did um, Kathleen Hanna. Yeah, a lot of trauma surrounding certain bands. Yeah, Joan and Kathleen co-wrote a song about Zapata's death. I really thought that she would perform with them sometimes, but I might Mm -hmm. be thinking of... Oh, that... The woman with red hair. Uh, Nico Case Manager. What? I don't know. Uh, Why can I not think of this woman's name? The Gets. Nobody cares. Rachel Flotard. Okay. Flotard. I've never heard her name said out loud. Uh, But yeah. Don't. Don't be being to like Joan. No. So Joan Jet. I also I would I would I, I might get some flack for this, but I just think in terms of numbers, Joan Jet's a more influential guitarist than Ted Nugent. This guy had like what a hit song? Cats Ratch Fever. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, uh, there's other ones, but still, like, he really just, hasn't had a hit in like maybe like one four decades. Yeah, since like maybe the seventies, eighties. If you're being generous. Um, mm. He's more known for like that picture of him being naked while playing guitar, wearing like just like very little on stage playing guitar and shooting flaming arrows and getting arrested by the Cincinnati police uh, than his music. Like I can say more things uh, when I can say more things like that about you, the name songs that people might know or like even placements for those songs. Then come on, like. Joan yeah. Jett's covers of I Love Rock and Roll and Crimson and Clover yeah. are more popular than the original version. And then Bad Reputation, that was the theme song to Freaks and Geeks, so I, people have heard it a lot. Mm. And how low she'd wear her guitar. And just being mm-hmm. in The Runaways, the first like successful all-girl punk band. Like, come yeah, on. History. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with Joan Jett's. 
Nope. <laughs> oh, according to a number of sources, Nugent didn't actually didn't just quote shit his pants uh, ahead of his draft board physical. His trousers were also caked in urine as well. Well, two for one special. You don't get to be a draft doctor <laughs> and then be like big support the troops guy. No, no, you no. don't. <laughs> okay, I People don't forget. Know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know this first one. Number one, Bo B O A Z L K M E L K A Y A M versus mm. the people. This was the Boaz one, a Kickstarter guitar with an intriguing USP, entirely plastic and entirely modular. It would let you swap out the body and electronics in seconds. Oh yeah, I I think I don't remember this don't remember by name, but I remember seeing ads and things for that. The Kickstarter concluded in 2019. Yes. COVID stopped the production. Um, I remember seeing stuff clear, about it. Yeah. Those who backed the guitar on Kickstarter were encouraged to purchase another guitar, one made from the unfinished molds before the final production guitar started to roll out to backers. I am going to just beg people, stop investing in technology Kickstarters. Stop yes. it. If you want to support like something like there, there, there are things that Kickstarter is good for. I have... I, I was on a bit brief Kickstarter thing and like I donated some tech ones. I'm like, oh, that product seems cool. They were all delayed. They all yep. suck. Always delayed. Yeah. I like the, the good Kickstarters are like creative projects, movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, things that you want to support because they mean something to you. And if you don't ever care about getting a return, Kickstarter is not a store. You won't get your money back. If you get scammed by somebody like Gear Supply Company, yes. who mismanages their money, story, yeah. you're not going to get your money back if the person running the Kickstarter, like the Debbie Everything, just isn't good at managing money. And it admits to not being good at it. If it's tech that's unproven, it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I've lost like a couple hundred bucks doing Kickstarters and I was like, no more. No more of this. I like. I, I tried to get an e-bike. I was like, oh, it's just an attachment. Oh, you can put yeah. your normal bike. It was delayed a year. Finally, I'm like, give me my money back. Fuck. Yeah, I, I invested in something for Kickstarter or it was Indiegogo. I can't remember which one. But like. Either, they're both we, bad. Yeah, like we. I invested in that and like literally it took years to finally get whatever the product that they were engineering and then even when it arrived it was like okay this isn't really as efficient as was advertised so um yeah i'm not gonna do anything like this again i have learned my lesson just the first time fool me once like that's all you need (laughs) yeah i mean when i was in my early to mid-20s i made some questionable financial choices for sure (laughs) investing in anything on indiegogo was definitely one of them Mm -hmm. because if, if, if an indiegogo fails they still get to keep the money so something to consider um that is the end of the list, but let me see what else. Obviously, there's thing in 2020 that happened. The issue, however, this was news to wait. Okay, so people were inspired to purchase another guitar. The funds raised from those extra guitars, named the Plague Guitars, would be used to help the backer guitars be made, which is just sounds like a scam. 
This was, however, news to Bo's Elkium, the project's namesake and lead. He claims he only found out that backers were buying extra guitars this year, and he had no idea where the money for the extra guitars had gone. What? Although the backer guitars are being built, enormous questions remain as to how a separate sale was run without Bo's knowledge and whether those who (laughs) bought an extra guitar will ever get their money back, and more importantly, who actually has that money. Oh, my God. This is pretty, pretty bad. Oh, my God. What happened to the money? How how would you... What is... Where did it go? Oh, my God. That's so weird. Um, yeah, that sounds like a class action level. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Uh, contrary to popular belief, you can sue creators on kickstarter if you feel like you were scammed like there's obviously no guarantee like the the creator will have to prove that they did due diligence to try to get the project product made Mm. and if they can't prove that then they can be liable like a scam's a scam you can't just like it's like this like like the i don't know if you you're familiar with the pumping and dumping things with like stock day trader influencers Oh yeah, there's this big those, thing. Yeah. yeah, my husband he like he does a very little day trading and mostly did it in, like during the pandemic for yeah, fun, like mm-hmm. never big amounts of money. But there were these people that he, he would like incur- be like, "I just bought this stock. We're gonna buy it. We're gonna hold it. We're gonna sell it together." Yep. And then they would turn that. around after their supporters bought it. They turn around and sell it, and then they would make money because their supporters and fans drove yep. the price up to the moon. Yes. And they like they knew they were scamming people. Yeah, they said it in text messages that these people were stupid. So it's like you, you can't you can't like cheat people out of money. That's illegal. <laughs> um, that being said, I don't know if what happened here or if that's what happened here, but I do know there are kickstarters. Mm. Where yes. this is kind of the case. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's move to something a little bit more happy or optimistic because that was Yay. a yeah that was a that was a, that was a lot mm. um so we like to talk about new year's resolutions i think it's good to have yeah. musical resolutions um and i asked people to tell me what theirs were and i think one person commented on the video and i got a bunch more on instagram yeah let's see dj play nice on YouTube said, I hereby resolve to gain confidence in soloing on guitar. And I think that's a great resolution. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And once you figure it out, tell me. <laughs> like, I'm assuming uh, DJ Play Nice means like writing their own and like improving mm-hmm. solos. Um, yeah, I can learn I a solo. But yeah, I, c- I can learn a solo. I'm just, uh, I don't write them very often. So Yeah, I, I like to pretty much put backing tracks on and improv and do stuff like that just whatever it yeah. suits me it doesn't mean i'm going to be like you know need a strauss up and down the board but hey oh, I'll, i can create some kind of melody that i could if i have a portion in a song that has instrumental or just you know i feel like it um yeah, yeah just find something that melodically sounds nice and phrases a certain way that blends in with whatever's being heard and mm-hmm. that's whatever part of the song becomes the riff the melody or soloing Practice makes progress. Yep. That's, that's going to be a, Just a, do a, it. applicable to a lot of these. Yeah. I think backing um, tracks are really helpful for that. 
on the Instagram, this hmm. store underscore Sean says full length release, comma collabs, comma launch second YouTube idea. That's a lot of resolutions. That's a lot it of is. stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, I I would be happy doing any one of those things. So I, I don't yeah, have a second YouTube idea to launch. No, I don't have time for a second YouTube, but I'd love to collab with as many people as possible this year. It's yeah. There's things I want to work on and the more opportunities and with, you know, doing, you know, either more music or recording and collaborating in certain ways. Like, I think that's definitely potential to become better in many ways. Yeah. Um, I would agree. I would love to do more collabs. I have like mm-hmm. so many people I'm supposed to collab with, including Hondo, that I just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, well, we'll see how the the next year is. I mean, I'm yeah. not even particular with guitar work. I was like, my voice, like really anything. It's just a way to collab. Honestly, I was just so tapped a lot of this year in terms oh, yeah. of like mm-hmm. other stuff I had to work on. Everything, yep. <laughs> so I just uh, really overestimated my availability in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, Kate Skorsky says, improving with finger style... Always mm. a good resolution to move away from using a pick and experiment with other ways of playing guitar. Um, mm. I The other year, I got into hybrid picking, and I am very glad I did. I feel like I don't use it all the time, but yeah. it I, I feel like it's ultimately an easier and better way to play a lot of things. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Anna Alexandra Rogue. I'm sorry if I'm saying any of these names wrong. It says write an EP, go it alone. After being in a band for almost a decade, hashtag scared and excited. Hmm. I think EP is like a good. I think yeah. doing an EP and Asia really good. Good, 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 good one. Good goal. Yeah. yeah, writing writing stuff yourself without any influence of other people and seeing what you yourself can create. Um, as a musician, I think is a good thing to explore that also can help mm-hmm. you discover the, the music or, you know, things that you want to do when or if you ever want to be in a band again. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, Refugee Sun says, buy, practice more, buy less, get out. <laughs> I think we should all, re- I think we should all resolve to practice more. And yeah, I agree. Buy less, but. You can also reward yourself with practice by um, buying something nice. It's a good <laughs> reward. I don't know who said this, the singer in my band, Jenna. <laughs> Make an album or two, Jenna or two. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not making a double album. I don't believe in them. <laughs> no, you don't thing. want a double, like, fold out kind of. <laughs> you, know, you can have a gatefold without having two. Discs, mm, man. Yeah. I I I just don't think there are a lot of great double records. I think the list is very small. I think I that's that's just how I feel. Yeah. Uh unless they're like EP sized albums, and then maybe. Yeah. Uh no, making an album we've been writing. We got some good stuff. So I hope yeah. I hope that there's a new Sunday Crush record in twenty twenty-three. Um Michael O. Burns says, study the guitar players that inspire me and learn more about the players that they love. I think this is a great practice. Yeah. You know, um, understanding why and how other guitars that you like are making the things that you like and then, you know, being able to then put that into your own playing. And the farther mm. back you go, the more knowledge you have about 
all music, and I think that's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hol Holofro. What is that? Why is why does that name sound so familiar? <laughs> Holly. Holly. Patreon supporter Holly mm -hmm. uh, says, use my Squire Baritone in a new music project. Yes. Yay. Baritone guitars are awesome. Yes. I love them. I gig with them sometimes. Yeah. I, I eventually want to find a baritone I like. <laughs> I I had the, the Eastwood for a long time and traded that for the Squire Cavernita mm -hmm. Baritone, which I liked more. Um I just think baritone, I kind of forget who said this, but baritone is great for when you feel like you don't want a guitar in a part, but you just secretly just wanted a baritone guitar. Yeah, that <laughs> happens a lot. Like if we, when someone says, this is some like someone who writes scores, I think, said, mm -hmm. oh, people tell me they don't want guitar. I just use a baritone guitar instead and they always love it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, th I, I I think my only uh, hindrance so far is I haven't seen any in the right color. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you can always refinish. No, I, I know I could. No, just extra mm. extra work. <laughs> it is a little bit of extra work. <laughs> it is. And Mr. Brian J says, start writing, playing with people again. Gotta put this gear yeah. to use. Absolutely. It's important to play with people. I just don't trust musicians who never play with other people <laughs> if, you, if you don't have a reason uh, I just think that it makes you a better player playing mm -hmm. with other people um, yeah. being able to communicate with other musicians on stage is something that takes practice oh yeah uh, having whole conversations with your eyes at your drummer <laughs> at your bassist simultaneously is, is really key to being a tight yes. performer and you just learn yeah, you just learn more from playing with other people. It challenges you. It stretches what you're capable of. Um, and it makes you compromise as well. All important things in becoming a better musician that's like beyond a basic hobbyist. I think it's a great I idea. No, yeah, yeah. I do too. Well, do you have any resolutions this year? Well, I'll kind of be careful with these kind of resolutions because typically I don't make resolutions because I feel like when you say them, you get that gratification of saying it and therefore then don't pursue them. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I have things that I would like to do in mm -hmm. 2023. I would like more opportunities to collab and work with people. I've already talked with a few people about potential things to do. Um, I'd like to do more things apart from my channel where it's just me exploring uh, effects pedals through vocals as kind of like a social media kind of experiment and seeing where that goes. Um, again, not really being detail specific of what or how, um, but these are things I'd like to explore, not really necessarily a resolution or that it will be successful or not. Um, I just think I want to explore these more and hopefully I get to, and I am hopeful that this year will be a good year for all of us yeah that's those are good goals i mean mm -hmm. resolutions are really just yeah. goals uh set a different way yeah um yeah i mean i'm i'm not great 
about my resolutions. Normally my resolution is to consume less and create more. And oh, that was when I, really, I wanted to listen to more music for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's yes. good. Um, I should listen to more music. My my most listened to songs were just my workout playlist, which you know at mm. least I, at least I work at, worked out a lot this year. I'm mm. sure everybody can tell. Uh, <laughs> I um I would like to get to fifteen thousand subscribers on YouTube. That would be great. This year, I'm very close to 10,000. That's that's a numbers goal I have, so it's easy to measure. I think that makes it a smart goal. Um, mm. So that's one that I have that's tangible. I would like to, to write and record a new Sunday Crush record this year. I'd also just, you know, like to continue um, improving my yeah. my videos me too and in whatever ways um i can make them perform a little bit better make people connect with them more mm-hmm. um so that's that's kind of the bulk of of what i want to do musically this year i'd love to do get more familiar and comfortable with using the b bender i'd love to play the pedal steel which is sitting over there but i i have to be realistic with my mm-hmm. expectations for for myself um, and what I'm able to do. And sometimes like I think I would love to be able to play the piano or keyboard really well, but with the amount of time that I have in a day, I think it's smarter for me to focus on my key key craft. Mm -hmm. I also want to gig more this year than I did last year. I really just gigged with um, Jerf and I had a couple one-off shows, but I would like to just, do a couple gigs a month. I just, I, I enjoy it more than most things. And yeah, my first resolution is to get better. Yes. I, I hope for that too. Yeah. Well, we've been going for about an hour five. Is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up? <laughs> um, no, obviously um, in the coming year, I hope to obviously have more opportunities to connect and interact with anybody or any one of our listeners. That's really oh, yeah. great. And uh, thank you for supporting us this past year. And of course, I came yeah. in kind of mid-year, so I appreciate obviously the good response, obviously, that that has generated from people telling me directly. I appreciate that. And it's, been uh, really it's overwhelmingly positive response. Yeah, and again, I've really enjoyed this kind of casual conversations that you and I have had over these past six months over, you know, any of the conversations we've had before. And I've really enjoyed having these talks with you and things that we share and like, even apart from that in our lives. So I've also started to listen more uh, to Always. So I definitely see some of the influences and <laughs> I do I do like them. They're very much to me. I can hear influence of like dream pop and also some shoegaze in there. So I'm just like, ah, and the way she mix her vocals uh, in listening to it, I was so thank you for telling me. Uh, I very much was listening and that's I guess what another one of the goals for this year is I really want to solidify how I want my vocals to sound. I love the way dream pop vocals sound, very ethereal and very much in other ways, like sometimes shoegaze. But I want it to be present enough that you know what the fuck I'm saying. Whereas a lot of times there's so much reverb and there's so much like in that mix while it's being ethereal that things are just lost in the mix. So I kind of want to nail down that. And I guess that's part of the experience of like doing 
vocals and effects more. But yeah, it's through these kind of sharing music or ways in which I'm like, oh shit, like that's actually something I'd like to nail. Those vocals are very much in the vein of what I'd like to get. Nice. I'm glad. I mean, Molly is such a talented vocalist and mm-hmm. you can hear her getting stronger and more confident with each record. And the lyrics are so good and like yeah. often fun and funny that I, I appreciate being able to, being able to hear them. <laughs> I think I think the new record is the new Always record is the best album of the year. I think their song Belinda says is my favorite song of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh Gotta love a song about an unplanned pregnancy. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm really glad that it's connecting with you. Uh, check out the band Always yes. if you haven't. Um, their new album was, I think, the the best of 2023. And I can't stop listening to it. It is the <laughs> one thing that's not... Actually, I did add it to my workout playlist. <laughs> that's just why. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that's all I've got. Thank you to everyone watching. Probably still a few seconds to get a super chat in if you really want to. Otherwise, I think you can get links at the bottom. We really appreciate it. Use the affiliate links in the video descriptions slash show notes. That's a great way to help us as well. Um, it always makes me smile when somebody uses one of those. And I do want to just say yeah. thank you to Sweetwater for um, being no, such a big you. supporter of the channel this year. It really it has just been um, astounding how much they've they've supported. Yeah, and us. I also and appreciate I the opportunity as well. You know, to yeah. thank them, of course, for yeah, totally. Cool. Well, that's all I've got to everybody out there. Thanks for watching slash listening. Thanks for understanding, and have a good year. <laughs> uh, until next time, my name is Emily. I'm Joan of Hart. Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>